All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of Coffee is for Closers. It's audio only today because uh, we're in lockdown and our internet sucks at home. Yeah, unfortunately, that is the case. But um, you might just have to, to deal with that, guys. I, I do apologize. Luckily, the content's good. Yeah, well, we'll see. Today, what we're going to go over is objection handling. Mm. We haven't pre-planned this. So what you're going to see is like real time. James is going to throw some objections at me and then we'll kind of see what happens and probe. And yeah, if you guys want to stick around, make sure you like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all the kind of good stuff that you have to do. And we will cue the intro. If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. I'm going to repeat that. You will make a million dollars within three years of the first episode you listen to. We don't want pikers. We're not here to save the manatees. We're here to make podcasts. You really want this. You listen and review. Put that coffee down. Okay. All right. Through this, I'll just ask, you know, I'll give you some objections as you handle them. I'll ask why you did, what was the thought process, just probe to get a deeper understanding as to what you said and why you said it, right? Yeah, for sure. Like a lot of the things that we've been doing lately with a lot of the live content in the Facebook group, if you guys aren't in the Facebook group, it's uh, the closing code. So yeah, we do heaps. We do like a live training pretty much every day. Uh, me and Marco went in there and did like rapid fire objection handling for like an hour the other day, which is really good fun. And um, yeah, like everything that we do is very, very transparent. Like I don't try and hide behind any curtain. Like there are some objections I'm not as good at overcoming, some objections I'm really good at overcoming. And like, you know, it's a process everybody's learning. So because I'm not really sure that you're a good enough trainer to be able to overcome a lot of objections i don't know why i should move forward with this that's fair enough man like what is it that you think or like what is it that you would want me to improve in or what objections do you think i might struggle to overcome well i mean i guess guess all of them and i really really want to just get an understanding because i struggle the most with partner objections and um let me ask you a question like with, with with partner objections that's one that you struggle with the most like I guess, do you think that it genuinely benefit the prospects that you talk to every time you speak to them, every time they give you a partner objection to actually handball that responsibility and talk to their partner instead of making the decision themselves? Is that really beneficial then? Great. Okay. So where you went there, you really, really put the onus back on me. The interruption was great. Why did you pick that particular point to interrupt and change the pattern? So a lot of people don't understand what objection handling is like, I want to take the conversation in a particular direction and I have to basically ignore everything you say that doesn't point me in that direction. And I can't get distracted by shiny things, right? Mm -hmm. And so like you might give me four or five different objections and then take me down different pathways as I'm going, but I have to pick a lane. And when someone gives me a partner, I need to put the onus back on them. So the way in which you did it as a salesperson, right, who struggles with partner, I wanted to obliterate the idea of a partner objection first, right? Because then you can't even give me one. But then when you do, I can change it into a perspective or fear-based reframe, which is really easy for me to overcome, right? So anything that you said past the point that you were talking was never going to benefit me at all. So I just had to kind of get it out of the way and keep moving forward. Mm, Okay. And you said change that into fear. Why fear? Like a lot of the time, people don't want to move forward is because of fear, right? Like it's fear of success, fear of failure. You know, they, it might be a large investment for them, which is fine. And those feelings are totally valid, but it doesn't mean that they're productive, 
mm-hmm. you know? And so if we agree, and I guess a lot of the premise that I'm talking about has to do with the fact that you've done the correct work during the call to build a gap, to get the consequence, to really future pace out their solution. And in your pitch, you've locked up that this, the thing that I'm presenting to you is a good and viable answer, right? Like to your problem and we'll get you the solution. Like that all has to be in play, which is if you don't get that, like you don't really have any anchors to hold on to, you know? And so if we know it's all good and moving forward and they don't move forward, it's just a fear-based thing. So what we have to do is get them to change the way in which they make a decision. Yep. And we have to steer it away from making a decision to buy something towards making a decision to doing something. Mm-hmm. Okay. which is a very different and much easier conversation to have. Now, I know like, you know, we've got our objection handling matrix and understanding the right, identifying the correct objection is some of the hardest part. I think um, fear and trust are so closely intertwined that it's hard for people to distinguish it, whether they have fear that they're not going to take action or whether they have trust that the program can actually deliver for them. Do you have any like key findings of how you can distinguish it, whether it's fear in them not being able to take action on themselves or trust in the program isn't going to deliver what it says? Yeah. So I think when you lock up all of the logistical and they still don't want to move forward, that's fear, Mm. right? If you lock up all the logistical and they're giving you questions like, well, like what's the guarantee or can I talk to one of your, your guys or you know what I mean? That's and that trust. could be more of a trust. But the problem is with trust, trust is a symptom of not building the gap big enough. Yeah, okay. Right? Because like, you know, like you haven't presented your pillars well enough. You haven't listened to their problems deep enough, right? To then we get the real solution and then future pace that solution out. Because mm. like at the end of the day, if you trust me, right? Me as a person, yep. if I tell you in the corner for 45 minutes a day, it's going to get you your result, you'll do it. So you need to trust me. Now, how do you trust me? You trust people who listen to you and who Mm -hmm. understand you. And so if you haven't listened and haven't understood them correctly enough, then they're going to have a trust objection, which is really difficult to overcome. You've kind of really got to start slamming them into urgency. Yeah, Yeah, you you can still get over it, but it's like it it is a more difficult one. Um, So, yeah. I've also found that, you know, I was coaching a guy today and I I said the same thing. I was just like, you're getting all these trust objections because you have no self-belief. And the way that he was talking about his product, there was just no conviction that he can actually do the job. Whether there is any like minor hesitancy in presenting a pitch, presenting the cost, the moment that you don't have the full clarity and you can't present that effectively, people take that subconsciously that, oh, maybe you're just not that good. So, and that juices trust massively. So like one of the things that I was working on today, I was like, well, you know, why don't you trust your program? You need to study your testimonials. You need to get reframes from your clients that are successful so that you can deliver better because the objection you think you're getting is not that. The objection you're getting is trust because you deliver it poorly. A hundred percent, man. Like if you don't deliver your price with authority and conviction and you're like, well, you know, it's thousand dollars. Yeah. It's like, I'll give that me that money. Like what's happening? Mm, that's mm. funny. Uh, I think like, especially when people adopt like an NEPQ methodology, they mistake neutrality for submissiveness. Yeah. Right. And they become very submissive, which then they lose a lot of their authority. Not that you need to sell from a place of authority, but you need to have a level of conviction mm. and a level of, um, I don't know. 
Yeah, like, yeah. I get what you, you mean, know? right? You don't need authority to sell, mm. but it helps massively. If you can use authority to sell, it does become easier. And conviction yeah, for sure. provides authority, right? Yeah, um, it's just like, you know, you're speaking to someone who, who knows what they're talking about. Mm. And whether you call that authority, whether you call that whatever it is, it's like you need to, you know, you can't be a meek and meager salesperson. Like, you don't need to be an alpha male beating your chest like a fucking gorilla, but you've got to be someone who can some deliver time. something with confidence and conviction. Otherwise, like, like they're, they're not going to give their hard-earned money to someone who it just, like, stinks of weak, yeah, you know? like exactly. Yeah. Particularly so. when they already have fear. That. But that actually, it reminds me of, you know, when me and my wife were running medical supplies business and last time we signed up with a marketing company, they really, really failed, right? So I kind of just, like, want to think about this, check out some of your results. Maybe you could give me a call back in like a week and send me some of those testimonials so I can get an understanding. Yeah, when you say the company failed, what do you mean? Well, they just didn't provide us with the, the amount of leads that they said they would have for us to grow and reach those goals as we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, let me ask you a question. Like, did you provide them with everything that they needed in order to make sure that they could actually do it with the budget, the content? Like, what did you do to make sure that that agency had the best opportunity to actually become successful? Great. Onus is straight back on me there. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. so, because I'm curious, man, because like, you know, this is a relationship, right? This isn't client. You know what I mean? This is us working together to grow your business without you to spend more money with us, spend more money on advertising to grow your business, to get better and better and better. And so like, you know, I want to make sure before we go any further that like we're on the same team, you know, like if I need videos from you, I don't need 20 hours a week of video, but if I need videos, if I need content, like we're going to be able to work together. So like, are, are, are you open to that, to making sure that you actually provide your end of the bargain to be able to get what we need to get you the results that you want mm, yeah. that's great like that's brilliant because i got nowhere to go from that because chances are i didn't right yeah exactly. as a business owner now you know i'm also going to reframe that like we have worked with lots of marketing companies and even when doing a lot of our stuff and doing everything they've asked they still haven't delivered so yeah that objection it has legs behind it and it is reasonable for sure Right, so and then I could go further on that. She's like, yes, we did. So like, okay, so we're on the same page. We're both going to do everything that we do. Unfortunately, man, if you're looking for some sort of guarantee, like it's not something that I can provide you. And like, I'd love to tell you why. It's just sort of like, you know, like if we did a rev share and you guaranteed the amount of sales, mm. right? Like what if you had a bad week? What if something happened? There's a death in the family and you just didn't show up on the sales calls the way that you need to. Like how much can I hold your feet to the fire? There are a lot of variables, right? And the only guarantees that I can give you is that you'll die. And when you die, you'll pay tax. Mm. Like that's it, right? So all we can do as business owners, as people, is put ourselves in the best position to actually be able to win. So like money, guarantees, everything aside, do you feel like the structure that I have laid out for you, the way in which we do our business, do you feel like that will get you the answers that you require? Yeah. Yeah. Like why though? I mean, like everything you say makes sense and- if you deliver, we could possibly talk about a rev share, but you know, how much time are you actually going to require from me? Because it's something that I don't really have right now. I'm timed up in this venture. This is more of a side hustle for me that I'm just trying to get going. Like, I don't actually okay. know if I have enough time to give you what you need to, to be Okay, successful. well, yeah, for, for sure, man. Like, time is the one commodity that none of us will ever get more of, right? And I suppose it's not only about how much time you have, it's about how much time you're willing to make to actually get to the results that you want. So what do you think is a reasonable amount of time to spend per week to actually get you to the goals that we spoke about, the X, the Y, the Z, would six hours a week be reasonable? I mean, I could probably give you five. Okay, could well, you, I'm only asking do it for three. I'm only asking three. Okay. 
Fuck, that was good. So my plan was to always do three. So whenever I do that, I always say double what I want. Mm. Okay. Right? You know what I mean? And then so I go, hey, man, like I only want three. And they're like, oh, three, I can do that. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I start off with three, they're like, oh, three, you know? So I set that expectation. And then I, again, I remove it back to like, well, it's not how much time you have, it's how much time you're willing to put in. What's well, a reasonable amount of time? I love the word reasonable, right? Yeah. In objection handling, because of course it's reasonable. Like when I used to do fitness sales, I go, would you think it would be reasonable to maybe reallocate some of the funds that you're spending on alcohol and cigarettes towards your health and fitness? Would that be reasonable? Of no. course. <laughs> like who, you can't say no to that, you know? No, no, that makes sense. And, I, I those like are good because those are tricky objections. Yeah. Those are like, not your standard like money partner type stuff. The trust mm-hmm. and like the, I want to speak to some clients. Those are, those are more difficult. So like the key to those is you got to take it back to like starting point that you feel comfortable in. Yep. So for me, it's like I always take it back to putting the ownership back on them. Then from there, I can like move forward in whatever way I feel is most appropriate to get the point that I want to get across. Mm. Right? You know? I like the six into the three as well, because you're painting a perception, right? And it's, it's similar to like what we do in when we pitch B2B, we have three tiers. One, we have like the cheaper option that's got a really low perceived value. Then we have the really expensive option. The value isn't what you get for the amount of dollars that we're presenting there. And we do that because we want to draw attention to product two, which is the mid tier, which is the one that we want to sell that has the greatest ROI, good priced brilliant perceived value for that price, particularly when you sandwich it between the other offers, right? Yeah. The reason that is because they got to present it to a board. With that, you take it to the accounts team. They're being incentivized by the ROI. They're being incentivized by profit margins. So they look at that. They say, oh, you know, well, if we've convinced the delivery team, those decision makers to take that to the board, they're convinced that they need this product then because that's sandwiched in there to the finance team, that looks like the better value proposition, right? In terms of dollar. And there, I I feel like that's a similar, similar concept with the time. Like you've presented the top tier, you know, something that's like, oh, that's a lot of time. And then you're dropping straight back to tier two, which is the one you want to present anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, This is, this this will, I can't make a decision. I, I just don't know what to do here. If you couldn't tell, I'm being a Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's fine, man. And like when you're talking about you can't make a decision, it's because there's anything in particular that like is warring you about the investment or about the time or like, like what is it, man? Just kind of break it down for me. It's all of it. Like, I want to be honest with you. I just, I don't know if I'm ready to make this decision yet. Of course you're not ready to make the decision. Because like we, we all make decisions based off the perspectives that we have and where we are right now. And right now, the perspective that you have is like, you haven't done it yet. So you're standing at the bottom of a giant staircase looking up going, if I start walking, I actually have to keep going. Yeah. And God forbid I get to the top mountain, right? You're right. Like, um, I'm broke. My partner's going to leave me. My yeah. Kids so let's just me. put all that stuff aside. Like, do you feel like the structure that I laid out, like, do you feel like that would actually work for you? I think it would. Why? Because... The part about the X and Y, I think, is is really going to get me to Z. Okay. And uh, and I guess, like, you know, like, scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you right now with where you're at in terms of your life, your income, and all that stuff that we spoke about? I'd be stretching to, to be a 4. Okay. And that decision-making process, which has brought you to become a 4, 
which has led you to think about all these things and put you in a position where you're ultimately unhappy with their life and the results that you have right now. How much longer do you want to allow that decision-making process to dictate your life and your results moving forward? Like, why not? Like, why don't you want to allow that to dictate your life moving forward? I don't want the wife and kids to leave me. Are you actually ready to start doing something about this, bro? Because you don't have to. Like, there's a whole lot of people that have have the t-shirt from camp who just couldn't be the mountain. Because I'm sure, like, base camp's cool, man, but the summit's better. Do you know what I mean? So are you actually ready to start doing something about this? Because if you're not, like, I'm not your champ. Like, it's fine. You don't have to do anything. You're right. I I need to. Okay, but why now? Why don't I just do it in two days, two weeks, two months, two years, like every other guy, the new year, new me, the good guys drops on a Monday. Like, why not just do it that, like later? You know, if I, I'm on the edge there, and if I don't take action now, I'm just going to go backwards and probably never have someone to push me as hard as what you had to make it happen. So let's do it. All right. How much, what, what are the resources that you have on hand? Uh, I mean, I've got a max out credit card. If I use that credit card, that's borderline max out. My wife is, she will leave. She already Okay, well, me. I don't want that to I mean, happen. I'm ugly, so, right? So, yeah. So like, let's, let's, let's just have a look around, right? Like what's in your life. And the things that are providing you value and the things that you aren't. And if you don't have resources, like how resourceful are you going to come to be able to make sure that you get these skills so you can actually have the life that you want and lead your family the way that you need to lead? Like how resourceful are you actually going to become? They're going to in my car anyway. I might as well sell it. Let's do it. <laughs> what, what I would say actually is like what I did with Tony the other day. I was like, okay, man, like Uber Eats, right? So this is what we have. Like, tell me how much cash you have on hand. We're going to organize a deposit. Then from there, what we're going to do is, yeah, okay, we're going to organize it. I'm going to take a $50 accountability deposit from you, right? Because like, you don't want to, a sale is not worth somebody. You know what I mean? So it's like, we'll take a deposit. Then from there, I'll work with you, right? And like, do you have credit? And I'll go through that stuff. It's like, okay, what do you have in your house that you could sell? Like, you know, do you, can you sell your car? Do you actually use it? Do you actually need it? Can you just go and buy a bike from Target for $25? Can you become an Uber Eats driver? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what are you willing to do to actually do what you need to do with your family? And if you require these skills, like, listen, maybe you can't start this program today or tomorrow, but you can start it in six weeks and you would have earned your way into it. And I'll help you do that. Yeah. yeah. I had a curiosity. Like, we used to get this all the time, so I'm fitness we'd probably get to that level where people didn't have the hundred dollars to invest in a, a training program. Probably half the time, believe it or not, it's, it's crazy. So that you've got better skills. You're probably less pushy. How often do you get to the stage where this is an actual objection that manifests? It's not that often, to be honest. Um, I thought be- so. Yeah. It's not that often. Like I think like as well, like with the fitness, one of the a lot of stuff that we were missing you know, it was just, there was a skill level there that wasn't, you know, cause you'd get people who smoke and they wouldn't sign up. That would never happen these days mm-hmm. ever. You know, you get people spending, in Australia, for those of you who don't know, cigarettes are like $40 a pack, right? You got people in housing commissions crying poor and drinking or six packs a, month, a week and then smoking of cigarettes. Like you're spending $300 a week on killing you yeah. and they still cry poor, right? Like they're not poor, you know? So exactly. So it's like, you know, like I would have made a lot more sales and a lot less time if I had the skill set that I had now. But it's like we do a really good job of building the skill set. Plus, these days, like especially selling in the US, there are so many more access to funding, you know, like really good funding options. Like that Amex Bloom in is like it's a huge interest free period. It's like five grand, 12 months interest free or something like that, right? Like it's phenomenal. 
So that's still a fun one. You remember man boobs? At the yeah. gym? <laughs> you you want to role play that? Because <laughs> sure. we didn't close that guy. No, <laughs> but my greatest failure. You wouldn't know, <laughs> right? Not for sure, I slapped him super hard. Oh, let me let me try and remember this. So, just for the guys listening, we we had this guy. He was living in housing commission right behind our gym. And the fact that his balcony was a like you could throw a dumbbell to him, and yeah. he came in to see what we did, and he was so emotional about the fact that he had man boobs. And was ashamed to like not emotional to do something about it though. Utter utter embarrassment, right? And he just would not do anything about it. He chose to keep smoking cigarettes, keep drinking. And he chose to live with that embarrassment instead of making a change. And every single session, he would be sitting on the balcony watching us train, looking like the most miserable <laughs> you'd ever meet. And uh we just called him man boobs because we didn't know his name and it was memorable. Not to tease him about his man boobs, so don't get the wrong idea. But um, oh no, I teased him pretty hard. Yeah, I remember we made fun of you from the balcony. (laughs) Hey, man boobs! Didn't you thrash him? He was a bag man. Okay, I was just trying to be politically correct. Oh Oh, yeah, we teased that guy. He was a weak human and has no place in the genetic pool. Um, (laughs) that's probably enough. We don't need to to handle that one because I just I don't even know where to go with it. We've pretty much covered those objections. Anyway, yep. have I missed any major objection? Ah, yeah. money. But I mean, we went around through that. I think that's pretty good, man. Like we've been going for like half an hour now. So I think that the guys have some good things. I think what we'll do is end with like some, some key concepts, right? So it's like, first of all, if you don't really know how to objection, you don't go to salesniper.net, download our objection handling matrix. It's literally the most comprehensive guide of how to handle objections on the internet. It is extraordinarily step-by-step flow charted with scripts, exactly how to do it. Like it's exactly what I did today. I did like a bit more of an advanced version, but I wrote that matrix. Like I wrote how to do it all. So mm-hmm. it's like, that's how I handle objections. Um, and then you just don't have a system. The problem with a lot of people with objection handling is they don't understand how to identify objections correctly. So they'll pick the one that they think is most important, which is stupid. You just pick the easiest one and then move on from there. Right. And then from there, once you've started down handling an objection, no matter what they say, you finish handling that objection. Mm. So if you're in money, then all of a sudden they start yeah, talking yeah. with their partner during a money objection, you finish money and then move on to partner. Right. right? Otherwise you end up handling half handling money, half handling partner, half handling time, half handling trust. And you just got in this a never ending cycle. And then you're never going to, yeah, you got to think about it because you haven't actually closed any loops, but you oh, objection on the guy for an hour. It's like, yeah, but you never actually handled one objection. Okay, we'll finish up with this question, right? You're in that situation. How do you know when to move on and that you have closed that loop? Um, it's a tough question. I'll put you on the spot. Oh, how, like how do you know when you've closed like the logistical yeah. loop? Oh, it's to, super to easy. Like it's when you've resolved. So like with money, I need to get them to agree to a payment plan. Gotcha. Right? With partner, would you move forward with or without your partner? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. like yada, yada, yada. Okay, so given that fact, like there's a series of questions that ends in a resolution. Yeah. Like you go all the way to the end. I thought you were talking about like how do you know when to stop? No, right. No, no. Like when someone's just going too far. Like how 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 you do that is like when the when it ultimately becomes unproductive. Yeah, it's it's when they stop when the conversations stop being back and forth and like you're stuck in these ruts and like it's actually quite combative. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when you want to stop. Start to it's like when, when 
yeah, when the person becomes disengaged, yep. right? That's when you want to wind it back and go like, okay, cool. You probably pushed a little bit too far. But yeah. No, you did, did misinterpret what I said, but that probably comes from my poor question of asking it. Well, yeah. Well, That's um, funny, man. Uh, Jeremy put up, write a sad story in four words, and Ace wrote, Dan Lock sales training. <laughs> <laughs> you see That's Sean's funny. meme? No, I don't think I did. Oh, mate, it was brilliant. It's one of the best memes I've seen in weeks. Put up the picture of Joaquin Phoenix saying, oh, "I saw that." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. If you Me if you're not in the closing there. code Facebook group, get in there just for the memes. It is worth it. Absolutely, do it for the memes, guys. All right, anyway, guys, thanks for everything. Thanks for Make sure you like, subscribe, and notification bell, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, let us know what your thoughts are down below in the comment section. Go to salesniper.net, download some resources. We are actively recruiting for sales reps, so if you want to join the sales sniper team, make sure you go somewhere. I'll get a link for the description, guys. There we go. All right, sweet. All right, guys, thanks very much for coming. See you later. Bye. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only.